0: Welcome to the CMO series podcast. Today, the topic that we're going to be covering is the role of marketing and BD in law firm mergers, lateral growth and new markets. Mergers provide huge growth opportunities for ambitious law firms and marketing and BD teams are uniquely positioned to influence strategic growth. But guiding and managing a merger or a new market can also present some challenges. Someone very well versed in these situations is Adam Severson, Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at Baker Donaldson. Adam joins us today on the CMO series to share his insights on taking advantage of market opportunities and the key factors that influence the success of a merger and new markets. Adam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Ed, happy to be here.
0: From here on, I'll uh, dive into the crux of the podcast, uh, the more serious questions, and, and the main reason that we have you on today we've met a couple of times at, at lma at marketing partners forum we've had a couple of conversations here and there but for uh, the rest of our listeners adam please could you tell us a little bit about your background uh your career journey and uh how you got to your role and, and where you are now at baker donaldson
1: sure absolutely well i've been in the legal business my entire career um, i actually uh, applied for a job at west group publishing um, at a job fair in college. And for those of you unfamiliar with West Group, um, it is now the entity that is Thomson Reuters um, and West Law. And so one of the largest information companies in the world. And I started there in customer service and uh, quickly moved into a sales role um, and moved out to Los Angeles, California. And, and at the time, uh, my my career goal was to convince lawyers that the internet was actually going to be a thing and that it was going to stick around, um, and so I sold a host of legal research tools as well as uh, marketing and client development solutions. Um, I then went back to West Group's headquarters um, back in Minnesota, where I had gone to college, and uh, and then from there took another role uh, with a smaller um, upstart company under the umbrella of Thomson Reuters called Fine Law and uh, sold to the large law firm segment. And my territory really spanned, uh, spanned a good part of the country between Boston and Chicago, um, Cleveland, Minneapolis, and and really working with firms, primarily managing partners, um, either chief marketing officers or directors of marketing and, uh, and practice group leaders on providing them a suite of marketing and business development tools. And then um, after doing that, fairly successfully and really expanding my network um, of people in the legal marketing and business development space also sort of in tandem and in parallel path uh, got increasingly involved in the legal marketing association. And then ultimately uh, took a leap of faith, if you will, um, to go in house as client development and, and sales and business development roles were becoming more prominent, not just marketing uh, roles. And so uh, started my uh, career, as the director of uh, business development at Dorsey and Whitney, and was there for, I think, five and a half or six years, and then uh, ultimately went over to Fagrian and Benson to lead the entire function of marketing and business development, um, and then worked, actually speaking of mergers, um, worked on the largest domestic law firm merger of 2012 um, in the combination of Fagrian and Benson and Baker Daniels. And at the end of that, um, journey, an exciting project, found myself and my family moving to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where I became the chief marketing and business development officer for Baker Donaldson. And uh, I've been with the firm now for over 11 years. And uh, we've had a really a, a great run and we've got a lot of more, uh, a lot more work to do. Um, and so I'm really excited about how I've been able to sort of build my skill set over the years, uh, be in um, several different markets, which I think is unique. Um, for people and uh, you know have enjoyed uh, my time at the firm and and also on the LMA front um, have had the opportunity to serve um, in a variety of different leadership capacities for the legal marketing association including being president um, in
0: 2015. It's uh, quite a background that you've got there Adam it's a lot of uh, law firm uh, experience but also with the LMA that kind of adds on top of it and moving around a little bit as well. So now that you've been settled in Nashville, did you say you've been there 11 years? Did you say? A little over 11 years now. Yes, okay. sir. So you're fairly settled now in Nashville, at least.
1: Absolutely. It's a wonderful city. It's an incredibly growing economy and uh, and our firm is growing and we're doing a lot of great things.
0: Good. I'm yet to visit. So I'll make a, a point to to get over there and grab a coffee with you when we when we can.
1: Please. I'd love that.
0: Adam, uh, is there a specific point in your career that you realized the huge potential of uh, maybe mergers uh, from the previous merger that you worked in, but also um, the lateral growth of the new markets? Was there one, one pinpoint uh, occasion that you can think of?
1: I don't know, Ed, that I would say that there was sort of a moment in time um, when, you know, looking at, at a law firm merger seemed to be the exact way to grow. Uh, clearly, if you look at any of the news clippings now, you'll see that um, law firm mergers, it's you know almost a week can't go by uh, when you hear either about a group uh, of lawyers or a, an entire firm or a set of firms combining. Uh, and, and that is really looking at sort of a generally flat market. The competition um, for talent is fierce. And so, so much of what I focus my career on is really, to, is really on client growth and to identify opportunities uh, where we can uh, delight our clients and, and hope that they will trust us uh, with more of the work that they have. Um, and as you know, uh, a number of clients and companies have a whole host of legal needs and, and law firms t- typically provide one or two and, and maybe three or four or five. Um, of the services that that those companies need. And so obviously the goal would be to provide a, a number of services over a number of offices uh, based on earning their trust uh, over time. And there's also sort of a, a time for which, you know, that growth and that some of those clients may be stalled, probably isn't the right word, but that you need to look for other ways to grow. And so typically lateral growth and or uh, growth, uh, by by law firm mergers would then be the, the sort of next um, obvious choice and consideration.
0: Absolutely. And maybe me being a little bit naive on this topic, but are you able to explain a little bit as to how marketing actually gets involved um, on a day-to-day or a week-to-week or month-to-month basis with a merger or a new market, for example? Because... From as as I say, my naivety, I kind of would always think it was maybe a bit of a backroom deal that was being done, and then maybe marketing gets pulled in. But is there uh, is there an explanation that you can give us to sort of how how marketing gets involved?
1: Sure. Well, well, I think if you are serving as a trusted advisor to the uh, leadership in your firm, and and you're a leader yourself, um, you're in the room when those back deals, uh, those backroom deals that you reference. Um, are, are being handled, but I also think that part of the role of marketing, aside from sort of being in the room, is to, um, you know, help analyze client information and market research um, to identify what a new market or, you know, new market meaning like new area of geography, whether it be a state or multiple states, um, can bring uh, to the table. Um, looking at, you know, the fancy word that they'll say in the press release is called client synergies. Um, and essentially, that would be either my, me or, or members of my team looking at some of the uh, top clients and or industry verticals that, um, that a firm or a set of attorneys services to see then how are they complementary um, to the work that your firm provides. Uh, and so, for example, um, about five years ago, Baker Donaldson merged with uh, the firm Oberkaler, um, which is a, a firm, a terrific firm, uh, headquartered out of Baltimore, Maryland, that had, uh, a, among other things, one of the preeminent healthcare regulatory practices um, in the country, really. And And Baker Donaldson had a top 10 recognized um, healthcare practice, uh, but much of that was on the Transactional side of the house and, and sort of policy side of the house. And so to bring together, um, a, you know, two nationally recognized healthcare brands um, with a merger like that with Oberkahler really allowed us to sort, sort of amplify um, the firm's brand in the healthcare space um, in a way that wouldn't really uh, be able to happen if you were just you know, to sort of gather another client or two, or expand, you know, particular services to a client. And then the benefit of a merger like that is, um, they weren't just um, a healthcare firm, they had a number of additional talented lawyers from um, their financial services, um, attorneys, as well as, you know, tax and and, and labor and employment. And so uh, as a full service firm, but with an emphasis and healthcare and financial services in particular, we were able to uh, merge with them, um, I think, quite successfully into really um, doubling down in the healthcare space and then building out some additional areas that that we did not, um, that we didn't have in our, in our firm. And so it made the, the sort of new Baker Donaldson, if you will, at the end of that merger, um, uh, provided a much stronger offering to our
0: clients. It seems like quite a good uh, tactical way to to have that expansion and that growth, um, but obviously there's a, a huge amount of diligence uh, due diligence that needs to be put into it. But still, it, it's it's a successful way to uh, expand. A bit of a broader question for you here, Adam, and I hope you have the answer for it. Um, <laughs> what what do you think the landscape looks like uh, for firms at the moment when it comes to uh, these activities, such as mergers and lateral growth and new markets.
1: Well, I think the the landscape is um, it's pretty interesting. I think the the marketplace broadly for talent is perhaps more transient than I've ever seen it in my twenty five plus years of working in the industry, and and I think that law firms and law firm leaders are looking for a variety of ways to grow and, and mergers are certainly, um, a way to do that. I don't have like statistics in front of me, but literally, um, the American lawyer probably has an alert, um, about a lawyer, group of lawyers or law firm merger, um, every single day. Uh, and so the pace is rapid. Um, I think some of the, uh, mergers that you see in the press, Many of them um, seem uh, very intuitive and make uh, a ton of sense. And then some of them you're sort of like, huh, I didn't necessarily um, see that one coming. Uh, And so I do think that, you know, a firm even like ours is looking for um, partners, strategic partners, um, to help us uh, better serve our clients and sort of, you know, fill up our presence um, throughout the country.
0: Do you think there's a, a concern or maybe even a fear when there are rumors that go around about some of the very, very large uh, firms merging, or at least there are talks about mergers. Do you think that, that that has the effect of a knock-on effect with the smaller firms?
1: You know, I don't know if it has a an effect on the smaller firms, but, you know, just recently um, two of the top 20 firms in the world were in were in rumored negotiations for a potential merger which would have formed the largest firm in the world uh and that deal uh just busted in the last week and so the the follow on press um from that deal busting i do i do think it uh, provides cause for concern for the the folks that are uh that were the the players within that specific merger but i also think then it almost becomes a I don't want to say feeding frenzy necessarily, but I do think it generates a lot of activity for people to consider what might make sense, or if there's people that were really excited perhaps about the potential combination uh, that may be now um, in play, so to speak, or uh, their practices and their client relationships uh maybe uh maybe being shopped uh, around someone. So I think there's uh the the press of those mergers is certainly a hot button issue um in firms and so confidentiality is clearly uh paramount um when when working through these when working through these programs and and these potential mergers or, or new offices and, and the like
0: yeah I think I know I think I know who you were talking about as well and and we've sort of kept our ears to the ground on that and it's it's interesting to follow it as it sort of moves along or, or doesn't move along in that case how do you in the marketing team, Adam, and uh, oh, BD as well, of, of course, uh, how do you influence the strategic growth um, and take advantage of new markets or emerging markets?
1: Well, so in in some respects, we have a, um incredibly strong chief growth officer, Mark Carlson, um, at our firm. And so he and I uh, work, work closely um, both on research as well as have conversations um, about um, whether it's either individuals or um or specific firms that we might want to um, you know consider uh, combining with um, having been in the business for a good amount of time um, as we look to grow I've got a decent network of people and some of whom are at firms that we might be um, considering you know looking at and and so so part of that is sort of, trying to identify pros and cons um, of a of a given market. Uh, so for example, we recently uh, in the last 14 months have opened offices in Raleigh, North Carolina and in Charleston, South Carolina. And so part of the process um, in that is to really understand um, those markets, understand the talent um, that exists in those markets. And so we uh, we started each of those offices with, um, I'll say a handful generically of really strong partners from multiple different firms. And so we we thought that, you know, going into that market with, you know, one guy or gal probably wasn't the best idea. Um, we've seen a lot of law firms enter markets and and that that growth stalls pretty quickly. And so uh, we we thought that it would be important for us to um, have a critical mass, is um, sort of one of the terms that people think through uh, a lot when you want to do that. And so so you sort of generally look at the market, you look at the talent and the the quality of firms that are there, um, you look at the the clients that are resident in that market as well as the clients that are served by people in that market. Um, outside of that geography and how that syncs up with um, syncs up with the needs um, of your firm, and so you may know Ed, you know Baker Donaldson, um, we've got offices in, from Baltimore and DC all the way down to Fort Lauderdale and over to Houston and pretty much everything in between, and and Raleigh and and Charleston really helped fill out that southeastern. Um, footprint for us as a as a sort of super regional firm with a national uh, reputation, and so as we you know think about how to fortify um, the strengths of our firm and in markets like Nashville and Atlanta and, and New Orleans and whatnot, we're also looking for you know new markets where, for example, if you're a financial services company and maybe have um, a workout matter that you might have in North Carolina, having somebody local um, in that market becomes really important to secure um, that type of work from a given client. And so being in those markets um, has been, you know, an important growth area um, for us. And then further to your question, as far as, you know, activities on a a sort of more specific and practical level, in each instance, we work to develop um, a plan for the opening of that office. Um, as well as the individual plans for the lawyers that are there that breaks down at a client level, um, an integration plan, not just whether or not those clients will, you know, sort of look to come over, um, but a series of internal introductions to make people uh, aware of the capabilities um, that will be in that new office, um, the strengths that they bring to the table that we think will be advantageous um, for our client for our clients to sort of take hold of and then developing a pretty specific action plan um, that allows us to try to facilitate um, client introductions, pursue, um, you know, new matters with those, as well as sort of ensuring that the the clients that they served at their former firm um, come, you know, come over uh, and come come over
0: wholly. I think uh, just, just as you mentioned it, you're now at twenty. two offices I believe that's right and uh, making uh, slowly sort of growing your way across the country it seems as you said all the way into Texas Houston I think you have an office there so maybe maybe West Coast is is not that far away for you. when we previously spoke and this is this is probably a very good example that you could use on the two most recent offices um, you talked previously about the importance of a cultural fit. What, what are the key factors that indicate if, if that new market uh, or if a merger, for example, would be successful or not?
1: Well, one of the hallmarks of Baker Donaldson is that we're an incredibly entrepreneurial firm um, and we're uh, incredibly collaborative. Uh, and so we really look for lawyers that like to be on a team, want to play on a team, want to lead a team, and that uh, that like to hustle. And so in in most instances, we're really looking to identify people that have built something already and then see what our platform provides them, where they can sort of, you know, contribute and almost double or triple um, the growth of their client base based on the further capabilities um, that that we bring. And so, you know, some of our client feedback surveys, you know, say like one quote I recall specifically or vividly was that you know Baker Donaldson um, is the kind of lawyers that you want to have a beer with, uh, and so I do think that 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 having people where you feel collegial and part of the team with them is is incredibly important.
0: I think that's quite quite nice to be known as the 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 guys that uh, people would have a beer with. It, it's a good reputation to have. I resemble that remark. we've had a beer together so i can vote for that as well so very quickly we will go through the quick fire round um sometimes this is quite a fun fun way to get to know you a little bit better uh and so i'll fire straight off uh with an easy question what is your favorite business and your favorite non-business book
1: well two books that i think are really powerful and so much of what we do in professional services marketing tends to blur the lines between business and non-business but uh the power of regret by daniel pink is an incredibly terrific book that shapes a lot of uh what what i think about and then uh the infinite game by simon Sinek uh is also again a really terrific read and uh sort of hits on both business and non-business if you will because i think those lines get blurred and, and in many ways very good ways
0: i think the, the the power of regret i've heard of it's quite a recent book isn't it
1: it is it yeah. is he's put out a lot of great content and we actually had him speak at our uh last all attorney retreat uh last year and we're bringing him back again um this coming year to, to talk with our group
0: some more it must have been a successful uh Retreat then. Uh, next question is, and this can be quite quite an interesting one for everybody. What was your first job? My first
1: job. I was eleven years old, and I started delivering newspapers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel in a suburb of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wow, that's
0: quite a quite a change. Just uh, now, and also eleven years old is that's a young start.
1: Well, my dad certainly taught me um, the the both importance and value. Um, of hard work and and nothing um, said hard work like waking up at 5am in December and January uh, <laughs> to get on my bike and try to deliver newspapers in the snow.
0: Absolutely. That's quite a lesson to learn, I think. Adam, what makes you happy at work? Uh, my team.
1: Uh, I'm so blessed really to work with such a talented uh, group of professionals um, and and to be able to work with them uh, to influence the hearts and minds of our lawyers and leaders and how we approach client development and delight our clients um, is really just a joy and, and they're a lot of fun and I'm I'm just fortunate to be able to be their leader.
0: I've noticed a, a bit of a reoccurring answer whenever I ask that question to anyone and it, and it generally comes back with exactly as you said, team. I bet, I bet. Um, Adam, what are you listening to at the moment? And that could be maybe uh, a music album, a podcast, an audiobook, or even TikTok?
1: Oh, goodness. I'm not quite on the TikTok train just yet, even though my teenage daughter has me serve as a cameo from time to time. Um, I am, my musical interests really run the gamut. Uh, I've into a lot of 90s hip hop. So on my morning run this morning, I was listening to uh, Notorious B.I.G., uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop, and Eminem um and i also have been doing a lot of listening to taylor swift um as you may have heard she's having a uh, a tour coming up this year the eras tour and so my daughter and i uh, are making a point to um try to see her uh, along the way so i got to make sure that i'm uh, well versed in all the things uh, all the things taylor but i've been a fan of hers uh for a while and so um, just get, getting into her new stuff uh, like the album Midnights
0: wow. That's big, doing some research to make sure that you're up to date with Taylor Swift is not what I was expecting you to say Adam <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally of the quick fire round what where is your favorite place to visit and why
1: uh, Italy um, is I think the most beautiful place I've ever been um, I've been fortunate to be there uh to visit three different times um in different pockets of the country it is so incredibly rich with history um and wonderful food and delightful wine and just the 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 italians just really um know how to live life to the fullest and that's something that i try to do and when when i'm there i feel like i'm living my best life and uh i'm actually in the process of started starting to outline uh, another visit in uh, 2024.
0: fantastic answer i was going to ask if you've got if you've got any plans to go there soon so
1: well i'll be in portugal later this year so um yes. i'm excited to to check that out but but we'll definitely be heading back to italy in the in the very near term
0: fantastic adam it's been fantastic having you on and i know that there's a number of different topics that we could cover Um, And we could probably do three, four episodes of a podcast with you. We always like to end the podcast with um, a similar question for for each episode. So finally, to to sort of close this out, what would be your one piece of advice, if you can narrow it down to one, that is, uh, for marketing, BD professionals looking to successfully influence uh, mergers, lateral growth, new markets, Uh, and capitalize on on growth opportunities
1: you know i think um i wish there was just one piece of advice that would sort of carry the day i do think understanding the industry is incredibly important um you know you need to be a student of the game and so to support a merger um in your firm means that you need to understand um the nuances of various mergers you need to know Um, If there was a merger announced uh, two days ago or three months ago, you need to understand, you know, and read the press releases of those mergers and and indicate sort of what those firms stated about um, the strategy. Sometimes it's super intuitive and makes a ton of sense. Like I mentioned before, Ed, sometimes you scratch your head uh, a little bit. So I think being a, a student of the, the merger game, if you will, is important because that then lends credibility to um, what, you, what you can offer then relative to growth. But I do think that the services that the marketing and business development team provide um, the lawyers and leaders of the firm is really influential in Um, how people are able to um, see value in what you bring. And so fortunately, like I mentioned uh, before, when I referenced my team, um, they've done an incredibly great job in um, serving as liaisons and strategic business partners, dare I say, trusted advisors uh, with the lawyers and leaders in our firm. And so then inherently, when they think about growth, they think about my team. And so, if you find yourself in a position where you're not quite sure if you might get invited to that meeting, I would really focus on um, your ability to serve as a trusted advisor, um, so that when that next opportunity presents itself, that you're you're in the mix for those conversations.
0: I think that's a very solid piece of advice. Um, well, sometimes, uh, some of the more obvious points are, are really the, the key ones, and as you said. be knowledgeable in the game that you're that you're in so that you can actually act in the in the way that you need to adam thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us it's been an absolute pleasure to uh dig into your wealth of knowledge that you've gained over the years i'm sure that we'll keep in touch i know that we'll probably bump into each other at uh lma in in florida in a a month or so but uh thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's uh we're very grateful
1: Well, thank you, Ed. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, I hope it's helpful and uh, look forward to future uh, times for us to connect.
0: Thanks, Adam.